Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your co-hosts Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. Today we're paying tribute to our friend, fellow warrior, comrade in arms uh, for liberty and justice for all, Tony Orange. And we are talking about seven or eight people today, all who paid a role in Tony's life. And we're going to start off with uh, the president of the Cell Breakfast Group, Ernie Dunstan. So, Ernie, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest once again. Uh, please go ahead and proceed with your tribute to uh, Tony Orange. And hey, I just uh, I was thinking about Tony and uh, what I could uh, say about him, and I thought that uh, maybe the best way I could express uh, our organization's uh, feelings about Tony would be to just share some of the comments that uh, we received upon uh, announcing Tony's death. So I'm just going to read very quickly through these. We will miss him more than we know. He will always be in the room, board meetings, membership meetings, on the call, in our hearts, and with us along the way. Tony will be sorely missed. Our community owes him a great debt of gratitude. Seattle's African-American community has lost one of its pillars. A good man, a true brother, may he rest in peace. I will miss that Kofi that he wore like a crown. I will miss my friend, Tony Orange. Tony was a true freedom fighter. This is a major loss for the Seattle black community. Very sad to hear about the passing of our brother. He truly fought the good fight. Rest in peace, Tony. A tragedy to the greater African-American Seattle community. Crazy to think just this year, he was keeping time for the MLK celebration. Tony always spoke with clarity and force. He will be missed. We will miss his spirit. What a legend. Rest in peace, Tony. At our monthly board meetings, Tony knew how to get members to respect one another's perspective and try to uh, bring the discussion back to um, back in line by uh, offered his point of order. Uh, Tony Orange was a great man and a person that you always wanted by your side. It's with a, a touch heart that I write this and process this information. He would, all, he would always provide a view of sophistication and gentlemanly wisdom in ways that you can't help but feel calm and admire his presence. I propose that the breakfast group at the appropriate time established a recognition for Tony. And to this last comment, uh, our breakfast group board has decided that we will uh, name a Tony Orange Community Action College scholarship that will be established as one of the awards of our breakfast group, All Achievers Awards program, starting in two, 2021. So again, you can uh, hear the comments and get the feeling of our membership and how they regarded Tony. Well, Ernie, that was an outstanding tribute uh, to Tony from the Breakfast Group, and I look forward to making a contribution uh, to that scholarship fund that the Breakfast Group is going to uh, have named in Tony's honor. So uh, thank you very much, and uh, we will keep you on the line because the Breakfast Group is doing so many things. And at some other time, we'll go into more detail and talk about it. So, Ernie Dunstan, thank you very much, brother. We appreciate you. Okay. Take care. Okay. Uh, our next uh, guest, uh, Tony, uh, my co-host, Hayward Evans, will uh, introduce when he gets on the line. But right now, I want to let everybody know that, first of all, I want to send out condolences to the uh, family of uh, Harold Ross Keon, uh, outstanding athlete. In the, in the city, uh, a very outstanding gentleman. Uh, there will be a Zoom service uh, that will be held on Saturday uh, at 12 p.m. Uh, the information is in the facts in the medium newspaper. You can see it there. Also, uh want to remind you that uh, uh, infinitely well, uh, Michelle Alderson will be a guest next week, and uh, she's going to be talking about Restart, Real Food, Real Learning, and Real Support. Uh, so she'll be on next week talking about that. She also wants me to let you know that 
Uh, tune into Sisters Rock the Hearts on Facebook and YouTube tonight at 8 p.m. every Thursday night. Usually, when with, before the pandemic, uh, we were at uh, Rumba Notes Lounge rocking the hearts. So, uh, hey, with well, they might be good, good candidates to be our uh, uh, guests. I mean, uh, uh, judges for the statewide art contest that the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee is sponsoring. So, uh, yeah. so hey, what did you, you, you what do you think about that? Oh no! I think that's a great idea. Absolutely, sisters rock they the hearts. Yeah, they, they would be outstanding judges as well. So we'll we'll talk to them about that as well. So, uh, but uh, want everybody to know too that while we have this opportunity, that Urban Forum Northwest is brought to you by Sound Transit Small Business Development Labor Compliance Office, the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services Office, the Port of Seattle's uh, Diversity and Contracting Office with me and Rice, Concourse Concession, SeaTac Bar Group are both out at. SeaTac Airport, I guess the business is starting to pick up, and we appreciate Stephanie Ogle that provides uh, uh, our tech, technological support, which I drastically need all the time. So uh, uh, we, while we wait on our next guest, hey, would you want to uh, take an opportunity to give a quick update on what do we have, uh, Mr. Steele, on the line? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go right ahead, Hayward Evans. Oh, first of all, let me just say I'm, I'm truly honored that we have uh, this next guest who's going to speak on behalf of Tony, but I'm honored. In this age of rapid change, 24-hour news cycles, and instant celebrityhood, this person is very, very noteworthy. For more than a quarter, a quarter century, he worked persistently as a volunteer on issues of social justice and economic justice in our community. I'm talking about Mr. Lacey Steele. For 26 years, he was the president of Seattle King County, chapter of the NAACP, currently is president emeritus, and was named the African-American Community King at Seafair last year. I give you none other than the Mr. Lacey Steele. Thank Lacey, you, please. Gee, thank you. If I could stand up and applaud, I'd applaud myself. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, gentlemen? You, you deserve all the applause and accolades. Yeah, well, thanks for inviting me. Uh, uh, we're here today to pay respect to a person I consider a friend, a confidant, and a good pan to have at your side. One of the first times I entered a battle and had Tony at my side was when Eddie, Tony, and Mrs. Ware and I received the humanitarian award from the medium newspaper. We were, called, we were known as the Four Foursome. And I've had Tony with me all the time. Now, Tony was a friend. I, I used to always call Tony T.O. Whenever I saw him out in the street, I'd say, hey, T.O., how you doing? Because he was a great person. And I'm so glad that God allowed me to meet and work with him over the years. One thing about Tony, he wasn't one to go around and brag about what he was doing. So a lot of the history that should be told won't be told because Tony didn't tell it. Many people who Tony assisted will never know how instrumental he was in solving their problems. He was silent. Whenever he had a task, he'd undertake the task and do it, and just let you know the task is complete. He wouldn't have to have a whole lot of fanfare. So many of us who are listening today need to pick up the torch that Tony carried over the years and continue to work for civil and human rights for all people. I will encourage all the people who are listening, if you want to know how involved Tony was, to secure a copy of last week's Medium newspaper. There's an article on the front page that tells you all about Tony and the many things that he did. He had been a member of over 20 boards in his life, non-pay boards. Some people are pay boards, but Tony was non-pay. And when I was president of the Seattle branch, I called upon Tony who was one of my staunchest supporters, to be the chair of the Political Action Committee. And what a great choice. Tony and I spent many hours at many supermarkets, at many restaurants, registering people to vote. You could always know Tony was coming. He'd have that yellow jacket on on the back and said, register to vote. Tony is a person that worked in the community, but we never gave Tony the recognition he should have received while he lived. I had the privilege of knowing Tony for many years. 
And I want everyone who listening to this broadcast to know that the Seattle community and the King County is better off because God allowed Tony to pass our way. Tony was a guy that would work hard, work long, didn't need to have a whole lot of fanfare, but just believed about doing it. It should be the duty of us who are listening and who are on this call today to make a pledge that they will pick up the torch that Tony carried and held high for all these years and pledge to do the things in the community to make it better. And you should urge and encourage each and every one you meet to register and vote. Don't let them tell you they don't have nothing to vote for. If they tell you they have nothing to vote for, say, well, vote for me. And, and, and there's a few things that you need to know that Tony exhibited that helped him in his quest for working in the community. Tony had love in his heart. Tony had friendship. Tony exhibited integrity, respect, and wisdom, and was willing to take up a responsibility. And I'm asking people who are on listening to this program to do these things out of respect for my dear and late friend, Tony Orange. Tony, rest in peace. I will continue to fight as long as I am able. Your friend in the struggle, Lacey Steele, to God be the glory. Oh, Lacey, I want to thank you for that. That was absolutely beautiful. And you know, uh, the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee on August 28th be the 57th anniversary march on Washington for jobs and um, freedom. There will be a tribute to Tony. At this time, let me turn it over to Ed. All right. Okay, I want to thank you very much, Lacey. As a matter of fact, I was hoping that we would have uh, one of your uh, mentees on the line with us uh, at this time, and that would be Angela Rye. But uh, I don't know if we have her hooked up yet or not. I wanted you to say at least say hi to her, but I don't know if she's on yet. So, but anyway, thank you very much, Lacey, uh, for what you continue to do after all the years of doing what you've been doing. So we really do appreciate what you've been up to. So thank you very much. Yeah, can so, I uh, Eric, do we have Angela on yet? Can I say okay. one more thing? Go right ahead, sir. I want the listeners to, to, to remember what I'm going to tell you, the dash. I want you to remember the dash. And you're going to ask, probably ask, what is the dash? The dash represents in between the day you were born and the day you die. And that dash tells people what you have done. Ask yourself, how will I be remembered? Will my dash have any significance? The dash represent if anything we accomplish on earth if you left earth tomorrow who will say about your dash don't let the dash go to waste it doesn't matter how much money you got how many cars you own your home or material things we need to do the most while we live we need to work hard and work hard for the things that tony worked for and so on Time comes for you to go on the dash. People will say, well, that man or woman did what they needed to do. Tony was a great man. I miss him. Great T.O. I know you're up there. I'll see you when I get there, buddy. Okay. Uh, Lacey, thank you very much. So, Eric, right. why don't we just try, try another, one of our, uh, another one of our guests while I try to hook up with Angela T. Rye, who was also a mentee of... Uh, Lacey Seals as well, and also a NAACP Axel winner. So anyway, I also want to encourage people. Uh, Seattle Medium News have a, a COVID-19 news fund, and your your contributions are, are tax deductible. Because you know when uh, uh, when you hear the Times crying, uh, the medium uh, is hurting even more. So uh, we want to make sure that we keep our community papers around. And uh, there's a COVID-19 legal news fund. Uh, it's a 501c3 organization. And if you look at this week's uh, uh, Seattle Medium, you'll find that information in there, along with other information uh, that will keep you abreast of what's going on. So, uh, I, okay, so we can't get anybody to answer. So I hope Jesse Weinberry is at home. So, hey, well, why don't we go ahead and take this time? Yeah, why don't we take a break? Well, because we're having a few difficulties getting get organizing these guests. So, we're going to take a break and come back. 
Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. Okay, hey, what happens to Nettie Rye back at Urban Forum Northwest having problems hooking up with Angela T. Rye and NAACP President Carolyn Riley Payne. We do have our next guest, though, uh, former King County Council member, BSU member, and uh, uh, freedom fighter Larry Gossett on to give his reflections on Tony Orange. And he had put a beautiful piece together that I sent over to Ernie Dunstan. And I guess all this is going to be put together by the breakfast group to present to the family and also publicize possibly put in the African-American, uh, Northwest African-American Museum. Uh, that's where it belongs. Larry G., go right ahead, brother. Hello, Larry? Yes. Okay, uh, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Okay, I, I, was, I could barely hear you. Can I be heard? Yes, yes. You're on the air right now. Okay, I'm um, going to highlight some of the points that I had sent to you in writing. Uh, would that be all right? Uh, to get started with? No, go right ahead. You're on the air now. Go right ahead. Okay. I uh, first met Tony Orange uh, Thanksgiving weekend, um, 1967, and I met him at a very historic occasion uh, at the first black youth conference ever held on the west coast of the United States of America. And it was a black power conference because I, I, I know you and Haywood know, and hopefully a lot of our uh, uh, listeners know that the black power movement started around 1966 when Stokely Carmichael or Kwame Torre uh, enunciated the concept of black power in Mississippi in 1966. Anyway, at this black youth conference, uh, Tony Orange was there representing um, the uh, Los Angeles, the City of Los Angeles Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, which was a very strong uh, black power organization in L.A. Uh, E.J. Brisker, Carl Miller, and I, and 21 other uh, black youth from Seattle uh, rented a bus and um, rode down to that black youth conference so that Seattle would be uh, represented. And I never will forget that I met Tony in a workshop on black athletes. That was the first conference Eddie I ever went to where they had a uh, workshop on how can we get black uh, athletes, particularly in the college ranks, involved in the black power movement. And at that conference, we had um, 
John Carlos and Tommy Smith and uh, Kareem, well, Lou Asendor and um, uh, Michael Warren, starters for the UCLA basketball team. A lot of really great athletes were there. And it was in that workshop that I heard Tony being the first black youth activist in the conference that wasn't on the, uh, you know, one of the four uh, workshop speak uh, coordinators uh, who said, uh, maybe what do you guys think about this idea of floating around to boycott uh, the Olympics? And in that room, I heard Mike Warren, Lou Alcindor, or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, Tommy Smith and Johnny Carlos all said that if we decide to do that, they would be down for it because uh, we have to do something as athletes to dramatize the plight of black people. And that workshop uh, voted unanimously to recommend to the entire um, um, conference when we convene uh, that we come out strongly in support of a black athletic um, um, boycott of the 1968 uh, Olympics so that the people throughout the world know that the black people, the oppressed blacks of, of uh, the U.S. were standing up and using every uh, uh, avenue possible to garner black power for their people. At that conference, uh, we got to know Tony. He asked us about visiting Seattle <clears throat> And besides visiting Seattle, we told them that uh, we were going, getting ready to start a black student union up there, and maybe he could come up and help us. And he right away said, yeah, if y'all can get me in there, uh, I, will, I would be interested in considering doing that. But to make a long story short, Tony came to Seattle in the fall of 1969. Took about a year to get this straightened out as a new EOP student, and he immediately joined the Black Student Union at the University of Washington, and that's where I and um, uh, E.J. Brisker and Kathy Halley and Aaron and Elmer Dixon all start working uh, with him, uh, and I worked with him for four uh, decades. Uh, as you know, well, as you and Nate would know, <clears throat> in 1983, when we organized the tribute, special tribute to the 20th anniversary of, uh, of uh, Martin Luther King's March on Washington, uh, Tony was in our core group to organize that, and all of us were surprised that uh, something like 10, 11, 12,000 people on August 28th. And I, by the way, I hope we can do that same thing this summer because uh, um, uh, there was a special call for a special event around these issues. Unfortunately, we still have to deal with them uh, on August 28th of this year. But there were about 12,000 Seattle lights that came to that uh, rally in the summer of 1983, and we everybody was so impressed. Uh, that uh, Eddie Rye and Tony Owens suggested that we start meeting every uh, year. And we did not know then, we know now, that Seattle was the only major city in the country that every year after that uh, has organized from the grassroots up uh, a special tribute to the legacy of Dr. King. And we always centered our organizing efforts around real economic, cultural, social, political, educational, housing issues that are affecting the African-American and other uh, oppressed minorities uh, in the greater Seattle area so we can make our organizing effort relevant uh, to the population that we were inviting to participate with us. Every year, uh, Tony would uh, either serve as as one of the workshop organizers, he was, he, he was one of our stronger uh, intellectual leaders. He loved to talk. He could break down big concepts for everyday people, and he liked doing it every day. And everybody learned from his assessment of the 
problems we were facing and what we needed to do to solve them. Anyway, uh, Tony, in addition to that, uh, like you, Hayward, Larry Gossett, uh, Tony has the, uh, uh, the privilege of saying that he was, uh, like the three of us have, uh, a former executive director of the Central Area Motivation Program. Uh, and as a leader of camp, Seattle's oldest and uh, for many decades, I don't know about now, because, you know, they changed the name and everything. I don't even know if it still exists. Uh, but for many decades, uh, Tony supported the anti-poverty work of camp and was executive director about two, three, or four years. Um, and in that capacity, he was very popular amongst Again, the low income, the poor, uh, everyday African American and Asians and Latinos. He, he, he was with us the night that we all joined Roberto Maestas on October 12, 1972, to found El Centro de la Raza. He always felt comfortable with relating to other, uh, communities and their, uh, progressive and revolutionary youth leaders, and he was popular amongst them. All of them that are still alive today have called me, or probably you, Eddie, and offered their condolences in the passage uh, of Tony. So I want to end, because I, I think I'm sensing that maybe my time is up. I want to end uh, by saying for the four and a half decades that Tony Orange lived in Seattle, uh, he was very well loved by all the people uh, in the community that had the opportunity and the privilege and garnered the inspiration uh, from messages uh, that he gave to us to keep the struggle going so we can improve the condition of our people all over uh, the community. And because he reflected that kind of spirit, uh, everywhere I've gone the last couple of weeks, uh, Hayward and Eddie, uh, people are saying, uh, the brother's gone, but we will definitely remember and be inspired by, and we'll follow his spirit, uh, by getting involved in a, in, you know, like they're getting involved all over this country. That's uh, right. Uh, around the, the murder of uh, George Floyd, he would be with this issue. He'd be out there uh, in the streets or at, at least at community meetings with the rest of us. Uh, he's a brother who, because of what he contributed, his image, uh, his life, his living amongst us uh, will be carried on probably Eddie Hayward for as long as the rivers flow. That is what I want to say about the passing of our brother, Tony Orange, or Anthony Orange. Larry Gossett, thank you very much. We really appreciate your participation today. And with no that, I want to problem. see if Eric can put some Martin Luther King Jr. on. And, Larry, thank you very much uh, today for that uh, summary. All right, gave brother. Always education. available. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, but in the meantime, might as well let out. Our folks know that uh, thanks to Sound Transit, Small Business Development Labor Compliance Office, City of Seattle Purchase Construction Services Office, the Port of Seattle Diversity Contracting Office, Concourse Concessions, and SeaTac Bar Group LLC, and always Stephanie Ogle, Solstice Media, that keeps our technology together. So are we ready for Dr. King, Eric? I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came 
as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. Okay, uh, we have Angela Rye. Uh, she's been tied up, so uh, uh, we want to just have us share your thoughts about a person you knew growing up, because he was a friend of ours at the house, so you could take about five minutes and share that with us. Appreciate it. Sure, thanks, Betty. Um, well, Tony Orange, from um, watching him work with you, um, I think that's where I learned that um, your deepest friendships are born out of struggle. And I know that from what you all called, I think it was the faithful foursome, you and Lacey Steele and Jerry Ware and Tony Orange, the community could always count on the four of you um, to do what was right, um, to work from your own conscience to ensure that black people and people of color and marginalized people would be treated right by the powers that be. And so I think over time, um, Tony Orange wasn't just your friend. He was um, an extended family member to us. He was, he became like an uncle to me and a goddad to me, um, even though I had a different set of um, godparents that you all gave me. He, was, he just filled that role naturally. It was organic. I remember books that he gave me for graduation that to this day sit on my shelf. And just a moment ago, I recorded a podcast with um, Michael Steele, who, as you will recall, was the Republican National Committee chairman a few years back. And I was telling him about the challenges with our democracy um, as, it, as it exists with a two-party system and telling him about the poster that Tony Orange gave you that was framed from the ANC um, presidential election that um, ensured Nelson Mandela's victory. And I, how I was there up at that wall looking at all those parties and asking you about why our democracy was so different. And so there are just those moments where either Tony provided the opportunity for me to learn directly or indirectly through a gift to you or a gift to me and he just was a constant presence, um, a constant gut check on what the right thing to do was. Um, and I'm so grateful that he was a part of my life and very, very grateful that he was a part of yours as a comrade, as a friend, as a fellow activist and agitator, and as your brother in the struggle. Very well said, dear. I certainly do appreciate that. So uh, I know you're real busy, and I'm glad that you were able to take a couple of minutes out to uh, – to lend that to us, and uh, uh, as soon as this virus leaves, I'll be down to L.A., <laughs> or you can come to Seattle. Well, yeah, I'm going to be home because I'm sorry if I miss my parents. Happy belated birthday, Dad. I know you're waiting for your quiz promo video birthday shout-out. I'm going to make sure you get that today. For the listeners, Eddie Rye is not 21. He's 78. <laughs> Don't let, let that slick hair fool you. He is 78 years old. But you still old teenager. That you still start, huh? I said old teenager. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, old teenager. That's one way to look at it. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, I'll keep reading you, and I'm looking forward to doing my uh, my training with you tomorrow so I can have my voice uh, out in the public every day. Yeah, Daddy. Okay. Well, we might have to get one of my interns, too, because they might be a little more patient. But we're going to work it out tomorrow. Yeah, okay. Please give me some break. Give me an intern first, then I'll graduate to you. Get you an intern first. Okay, I'm going I'm to arrange it with Najib. Najib is the boss. Okay, then. All, All right. Yeah. Thank you very much. Have a good day. So, Eric, okay. we need to take a break so I can rehook back up with uh, Hayward Evans. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. 
How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seatacshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Going against the grain has never been this much fun. Alternative Talk 1150. Haywood Evans and Eddie Rye back at Urban Forum Northwest. Sorry about the technical difficulties. We got them squared away. Our next guest is Lynn French. Lynn uh, worked and served with Tony on the streets with the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee known as SNCC, founded by, uh, I guess, Stokely Carmichael was one of the prominent people, but also uh, Julian Bond, uh, Ella Baker, and all those folks were involved. So, Lynn, why don't you share with our listeners your experience with Tony with SNCC? Well, Tony and I go back to sometime in the summer of 1968. I was a member of the newly formed SNCC chapter in New Orleans. And Tony, along with another uh, comrade, Mike Williams, uh, came out to visit uh, and to help us form a new SNCC chapter. There was some explosive activist activities uh, taking place at the time, and uh, we needed help from the more experienced uh, members of SNCC. Uh, we had the SUNO Southern University of New Orleans Student Rebellion, uh, where over 2,000 students shut down the campus. Uh, we had the Forshay High School student boycott, uh, we shut down the school and a long list of other things that were going on at the time. Uh, Tony was uh, part of SNCC field staff, and he traveled. That was part of his assignment is to travel to locations like ours um, to share his gifts of wisdom and knowledge uh, to uh, get us focused. Um, he was known by all of us as the man with the gift for gap. And, uh, indeed, if you knew Tony, you knew he had a gift for Gap, um, and it was that gift, as I viewed it, uh, that enabled Tony to quickly and easily establish relationships with not only students, but community folks, uh, national leaders, including Julian Bond, Dan Aldrich, uh, H. Rep. Brown, uh, George Foreman, next National Field Secretary, and uh, Dick Gregory, who Tony and I both interviewed uh, during a visit by Dick here in Seattle. We, uh, we not only did what might sound like celebrity highlights, but we traveled the backwoods of Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, Georgia. Um, and during those times, the voter registration was a big deal, and it might sound like something ordinary today, but if you tried to organize people to register to vote in the South during those times, you might have got shot. And in fact, a lot of people did get shot or killed. Uh, Cheney Swar uh, and Goodman uh, Swarner were folks who reflect exactly what I'm talking about because they got killed uh, in the effort to organize the vote. Um, we were in parts of the world that many people didn't want to travel to to get things done in the movement. And it was people like Tony who were quick and steadfast uh, to get people's attention and to encourage them to uh, accomplish what needed to be uh, 
set in place at the time. So I can go on and on. Uh, that's yeah, that, I mean, that's some information that a lot of people didn't have. And hopefully if you put that memoir together, I request that you do that. We'd like to give the family that, and I think EJ and some other folks are talking about actually doing a book or something. And we definitely will have a T.O. page. And we'll have this recording from these interviews. We'll have that on the, the page that's uh, acknowledging Tony's contributions. So, Lynn French, thank you very much for giving us the information on SNCC. Thank you very okay. much, and have a good afternoon. Thank you for having me. All right. Okay, Hayward. Uh, our, yeah, next, our next guest is Ed Prince. He's been standing oh. by. Uh, Ed, first, thank you. Ed, first, thank you for being here. He, uh, Ed's been uh, the executive director of the uh, Commission on African American Affairs uh, for the last, I guess, this is your third term. And but you started back, or Ed started back uh, in the early twenties as executive assistant and legislation and community liaison under Tony Owens. And currently, Ed serves as a member of the city council. In the 19 um, or 2015, he was president of Renton City Council. So, thank you for being here, Ed. Let me turn it over to you. Thank you so much, Hayward and uh, and Eddie. And I I have to say I had the pleasure of meeting the great Tony Orange. Uh, when I would call him and leave him voicemails, I'd call him the original T.O. Uh, when I was a senior at WSU. Uh, I was student body president, and after speaking at an event, Tony reached over to Bannister as I was leaving and gave me his business card. Uh, a year later, I went on to work for him at the Washington State Commission on African American Affairs. It was an entry-level position, but I gained so much more from it. I had an opportunity to learn from Tony's keen strategic and tactical mind. He was such a good strategist. He was so good at breaking things down and coming up with solutions. Uh, when I left to go work for Rep. Sharon Tamiko Santos, uh, T.O. was still there providing guidance and advice, so much so that I went back to work for him at the commission a couple of years later uh, with the charge of doing legislative and community work. When I got tired of commuting to Olympia, T.O. was there again, offering me a job at camp uh, where I was the director of clan services. Uh, basically, I had the super supervision over all the programs and staff that uh, camp offered. Uh, we always debated over the, the cougs and the dogs. Uh, when his huskies would lose, he'd call me and say, my dang puppies and lost again. Uh, but we really enjoyed com uh, discussing community issues and politics. You know, Tony, as you both well know, was ever present in the community and the black community uh, is better for it. When I was appointed by Governor Gregoire to be the Executive Director of the Commission on African American Affairs back in 2012, Tony and I would talk daily on my drives down to Olympia, you know, talking, picking his brain, talking about obstacles that he faced, talking about people that the commission should partner with that we hadn't partnered with since he had left. Uh, he was such a fountain of wisdom and advice, and uh, I will miss him. Uh, before his passing, I was working on a leadership fellowship in his name that will be sponsored by the commission for up-and-coming African-Americans, uh, young people who are interested in government and leadership. Uh, when I have everything set up and off the ground, I'd love to come back on the show and talk about it. Well, you certainly are welcome to do that. We can't wait for you to get it rolling, because that means the people are going to get help. Yes, that's right. I, I think the last oh. thing I will say about Tony before I let you guys continue I think his kindness and his generosity is one of the things that I will remember the most. I mean, the last time, one of the last times I saw him uh, was at African American Legislative Day um, last year. And I had always, when I gave my remarks, made sure to honor him and give him props and introduce him. Um, and he always had, you know, he had a bag with a calendar. It was a Barack Obama calendar and some Barack Obama socks for me. Um, and I wore those socks when I got sworn in for my third term on council this year. Um, and I've got that calendar sitting here in my office now, even though that it's um, it ended in December of 2009. It's just a reminder of me of Tony. And that's a great memory. Yeah. So, so Ed, uh, we, we really appreciate uh 
uh, you sharing that because a lot of people uh, need to hear that. So thank you very much, Ed. So we will we'll stay in touch with you too, brother. Absolutely. Take care, you okay. too. Okay. Okay. Uh, our last guest is on the line right now, Hayward. That's uh, Jesse Weinberry. Uh, Jesse, how you doing? Hello, Eddie, and all of your listeners. It's good to be with you. Okay, Hayward's on the line. My co-host is on the line as well. That's it. Yeah, Jesse, going all the way back to Queen Anne High School. I'm good, brother. I keep thinking about you as quarterback over there at Queen Anne, your Queen Anne High School. Almost won the championship. Well, For those who don't know. Our time is winding down, so we've got to let Jesse in. Yes. Go ahead, Representative Weinberry, with your memories of Tony Orange. Well, uh, first of all, thank you for inviting me because uh, I, I I have known uh, Tony since uh, uh, shortly after the part of my life that Hayward just uh, talked about, and that is uh, uh, finishing up at at Queen Anne High School. Uh, I went on to the University of Washington. Of course, Tony Orange was a UW alumnus, uh, hailing from uh, Texas. He had come to get his education uh, at the University of Washington. And uh, we, uh, who were younger and behind the alums, obviously looked up to them. And I don't know uh, why uh, Tony uh, picked me amongst a number of other younger students to take under his wing. He became a mentor immediately. And when I, as a law student, uh, was recruited to run for the state legislature. Uh, Tony was one of the main ones uh, recruiting me. Um, he has been at every political milestone of my life. And I can really say that without the guidance and inspiration of uh, Tony Orange, I probably would not have served in elective office, and that would, that's probably the case for a number of people like Larry Gossett and others who he encouraged uh, to serve. Um, Tony was there when we passed the Martin Luther King state holiday legislation. Tony was there when uh, Governor Christine Gregoire signed into law my legislation creating the $100 million loan fund for minority businesses. Uh, Tony was there when we created the African-American Affairs Commission and, and later uh, became the executive director of the African-American Affairs Commission, being the voice for the African-American community, not just in Seattle and King County, but across the entire state. He was there when we created Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion, was there when we launched Initiative 1000 and came 1% away from passing it. And he was there with the current initiative, which is I-1776, um, planting the seed uh, in, 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 in such a strong way that uh, we're trying to figure out a way now how to dedicate this new initiative uh, to him, his life, and legacy. So, I mean, that's just an example of how one person has been so instrumental in helping to improve and save the lives of so many in Washington State. Would you uh, go into a little bit more detail on that initiative? Well, Initiative 1776 is Initiative I-1000, uh, except instead of just addressing uh, public education, public employment, public contracting, it adds an element that is uh, inspired by Tony, and that's public health. Um, of course, we, we know that Tony... Uh, was engaging in a battle with his own personal health because of cancer. And uh, we were inspired by, by his fight and uh, his strength uh, to add public health as the component this year due to COVID-19 and all of the disparities that have been uncovered and unmasked by COVID-19, showing the disproportionate impact on after the African-American community uh, when it comes to this disease. And so there again, Tony's spirit lives in an initiative that we expect will uh, get the support of, of hundreds of thousands of people 
in our state and ultimately become state law. Okay. Well, Jesse Weinberry, thank you. Thank, thank you very much. We really appreciate uh, giving us that information. And uh, all this will go to uh, Tony's family. I want to make sure they get a copy of this uh, broadcast and also let them know that uh, programs are archived on the urbanformnw.com website for a year. So they can also go and hear that as well, as well as just live streams over the Internet so they can hear it if they're in L.A. or Texas or wherever. So, uh, Jesse, thank you very much, and we'll talk with you again next week about what's happening in Tacoma uh, with the latest uh, 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 police killing uh, over here. So uh, we definitely want to uh, address that next week. So thank you very much. No, thank you, and thank uh, Tony's family for lending him to our community for all these years. Okay. All right, Jesse, thank, thank you. Bye. O okay, we want to take the last couple of minutes and uh, have Hayward give an update on, uh, uh, we got about two minutes to give an update on the Washington Arts Contest being sponsored by the Martin Luther King Jr. Commemoration Committee. So, Hayward, why don't you give us an update in about two minutes. We recruited, we're recruiting the Cheryl Alderson and LaTanya uh, from Sisters Rock the Art because they can, they can be some rocking uh, judges for the art contest as well. So go right ahead, Hayward. Oh, thank you. Well, right now we're reviewing the, uh, the judging committee, the selection committee, uh, coming up with the rules, uh, what people should uh, know about the size of the uh, their uh, uh, entries into the art contest. Looking forward to working with all the people out there since the theme for this art contest is Visions of Unity. And this is a time, with everything going on in the world right now, this is a time really to share and reflect on what your vision is and put it in the form of art. Our position is art is, is human. Art is good for the personal spirit and the soul, and it's something that transcends generations. So if you're a sculptor, a photographer, a painter, you sing, short stories, spoken word, all of them are going to be categories for entry. So I'm just asking the listenership to look forward at the end of January, of June, excuse me, first part of July, we'll be initiating the marketing campaign to the, to the, uh, to the community, and I'm looking forward to everyone no one's restricted, regardless of your age or your skills. We okay. just want to know about you and community love. And the other thing is that this information will be posted on the MLK, Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee website as well. So our time is up. Hayward, thanks very much. Thank you. And I want to thank our guests for today, and thank Eric for uh, helping us through the technical difficulties that I created. Anyway, we'll talk to you next Thursday. Bye-bye.